For the Hartford Current, I'm Mike Hammond, and this is Capital Watch. October was anti-bullying month, but there's really no bad time to talk about the dangers of bullying. Danielle Waring's life was forever changed by it, and when one of her tormentors later tried to apologize, Danielle found it hard to forgive. How would you respond? Opinion editor Leslie Corey explores that topic in a conversation with Danielle after the break. But first, here's Danielle Waring. You probably know that October is National Anti-Bullying Month if you're a teacher, as I am, or if you've been severely bullied in school, as I was. I grew up in one of those supposed ideal Connecticut towns where everything seems to be quaint, quiet, and friendly. Greenwich. In those days, when social media didn't grip the imaginations of middle schoolers the way it does now, at least my bullies had the guts to say the awful things they said to my face. As a slightly overweight straight-A student with a crooked smile, a description that applies to many of the 7th and 8th grade students I teach today, I couldn't even convince the adults in my school that I wasn't the problem. I wasn't initially as intimidated by the authorities the way I was by my peers and thought they might help me figure out how to cope or perhaps more naively, call in the students who tortured me and help them learn how to treat the less cool students, of which I was one, with more compassion. You might think torture is an extreme term, but on a regular basis, the bullies told me I was ugly, called me a dog, and barked at me. They also instructed me to kill myself. And it wasn't only emotional bullying, although that was bad enough. I was constantly tripped, pushed, and on one particularly terrible day, even shoved inside a locker. The school administrators kept a blind eye in order to keep the peace. I was the scapegoat, and that, like assigned seating, seemed to be my place in the so-called school community. I was saved by one paraprofessional who noticed my vulnerability and reached out. She spent time with me on the playground when no one else would. When I dared to share with her my sadness and my thoughts of hurting myself, she listened and reassured me that it was the bullies, and not me, that needed to change. She went out of her way and certainly exceeded the demands of her position to introduce me to new friends, other students she thought would welcome my company, and with whom I could be myself. As if by magic, it worked. And by the end of middle school, things were better. I vowed then that I would have the same positive effect on a child and help individual students the way that paraprofessional had helped me. After succeeding in high school and enjoying UConn, and after entering the teaching profession myself, I systematically studied all of my yearbooks to find her name so that I could thank her as an adult and let her know how grateful I was for her generosity. But she wasn't listed in any of them. For all I know, she could have been a figment of my imagination or a guardian angel. Either way, that one middle school paraprofessional saved my life. Years later, after learning that I had returned home from battling stage 4 acute myelogenous leukemia, a type of blood cancer, one of the worst bullies from middle school telephoned me. Explaining that she had become a born-again Christian and wanted to make amends, she expected me to grant her the favor of forgiveness. I listened carefully to everything she said and replied, That's nice. Okay. Thanks. Before I hung up the phone. I might have even said a few unkind words, but I honestly can't remember whether I said them before or after I ended the call. I didn't feel bad at all. To quote my previous students' love of Ice Cube movies, Bye, Felicia. That was several years ago, and now that I'm older, I wonder if I should have responded differently during that phone conversation. I've shared this story with my own classes, 
and even my students have asked me if I would respond differently now. But my answer remains the same. I did nothing to deserve the treatment she gave me, and I am under no obligation to forgive her so she can feel good about herself. You see, surviving cancer and being a teacher for over 16 years has made me grateful and positive, but it also cured me of putting up with ignorance and cruelty, which is the very definition of bullying. Maybe I should have forgiven her, like Steve Buscemi's character did when Adam Sandler's Billy Madison called him to apologize. But maybe, just maybe, knowing I didn't forgive her was the actual catalyst for her becoming a better person. Today's lesson? You never want to be the type of person that has to make that kind of phone call. It is easier, as well as better, to be kind. Offer smiles instead of sneers, and whenever possible, be a kid's guardian angel. Let's make sure nobody has to remember that October is anti-bullying month. That was Danielle Waring. She's a middle school teacher who lives in Bridgeport. After the break, Danielle chats with opinion editor Leslie Corey from her home, you're gonna hear her two dogs running around, about the experience of being bullied in middle school and why it's so hard, even decades later, to forgive and forget. Stick around. Husky fans, listen up. We've got another podcast we want to tell you about. UConn Insider from the Hartford Current takes a deep dive into all things UConn athletics. Host Chris Broder brings you exclusive, in-depth interviews with coaches, players, and reporters who are dishing out expert analysis each and every week. Search for UConn Insider wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe today. Want more from The Current? You can subscribe to our Five Things to Know newsletter to get the latest headlines in your inbox every morning. Politics, breaking news, UConn sports, opinion, and more. Head to current.com slash newsletters to sign up today. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to tell you about a new initiative here at The Current. We're all about new initiatives. Michaela Kane, take it away. Sure. I'm going to tell you about The Thread, which is our new news source for millennials, created by millennials here at The Current. Give us a follow on social at The Thread CT on your favorite platforms, or you can sign up for our newsletter at current.com slash newsletters. You good with that? Yeah. Like I mentioned, some people wrote in and whatnot after. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, so wrote in, and a lot of times people write in and have more. (laughs) Um, Well, they definitely read your piece, and they a lot of times have more questions, right? And so this uh, concept of forgiveness came up a lot, right? And people were curious about this, and they wanted to know more where that came from. Mm -hmm. Like, you made a choice in this moment to hang the phone up, right? And and you seem like you're content with that choice, and you wouldn't change it, as, as you said. And so... Um, I guess people were kind of wondering, like, where where that came from. Was it was it does that have roots in just getting past cancer, you know, or was did you, did you was it uh, mentality growing up? Like, where did that where did I that come from? I think it definitely came from from having cancer. I mean, I I just being in in that situation where at the time, I mean, I don't I don't really know all of the details because I was I was medically comatose for six weeks, so I don't remember much of what happened. Um, I just remember. You know, knowing I had, they told my parents, I, I had they not brought me into the hospital that day, I would have had six hours to live. Now, whether or not that's true or, so I think coming out of that situation, you just, you can't regret anymore. You can't 
have a bad day. I mean, you can have one bad day, but you can't really keep that going. You just have to be grateful. So part of me when she called said, I just want to yell obscenities at her, but I'm not that person anymore. Not that I really ever was, but I'm just not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to have that negativity, hang up the phone. But then of course I, there was a few, you know, some came out. I, like I said, I don't remember if I, I highly doubt I would have said them back to her. I don't think I did that. I think I went, that's nice. Like, okay, well, thanks. You know, like very like, thank you, but I'm not buying it kind of thank you. Like, all right, I'm letting you say your piece. And then I just really want to get off the phone because I was uncomfortable. Um, And then when I hung up, of course, I was like, I can't believe that she had the nerve to, you know, F-bomb, I'm sure. Um, But then I really did think about it. I'm like, should I have actually forgiven her? I'm like, well, it's a little late now. Well, and and you you teach about this, right? You bring it up to your classes. That's when it it really hit me is when I share the story with my students. And it's always because something happens in class and I go, okay, I need you to stop right now what you're doing. Stop saying that. Don't do that. Why, you know? So you uh, use it as a teaching. I do. Moment. I think, and and we also have classes built in. We have an advisory class, and we and we do a lot of anti-bullying um, lessons and stuff. But usually, it comes through that teachable moment where I see the bullying and I ha- and I can't let it go. I said, I'm stopping right now. I don't know if you're teasing. I don't know if you're friends. I don't. But this is not allowed in my classroom, and this is why I was bullied in middle school. And I start to tell them, I go, I remember the name of all of my bullies. I said, I know exactly. You know, every single name. I will never forget them. I go in, in a good way and a bad way. And I tell them the story and they go, well, you know, and they'll ask me, you know, well, you didn't like forgive her? And I went, well, I, I guess I kind of did. But at the same time, I like I moved on. But I, in a way, I haven't because obviously it affects me. And I think because of my job, because of the fact that I witness it constantly, because I chose to be a teacher to fight bullying is part of why I, it's never going to be gone from me completely. So it's like the whole forgive and forget. I, yeah, I kind of can. I do. I don't forgive her. I can't. I don't know what it is. It's just like you You had a – even at the age of 12, you have the choice to be kind or not. You don't have to follow what everybody else says. You don't have to be that kid that's mean. There were plenty of nice kids who were popular. Um, in fact, I remember even being invited to like a popular kid party and being in shock because, well, I can't believe she invited me because – Half of her friends are the people that are mean to me. But, you know, there were a couple girls that were so you can be nice and be popular. You don't have to put somebody else down. So I think that's the part of me that goes, well, I can't really forgive you because you knew exactly what you were doing. You could ignore me. A lot of kids ignored me. That's fine. And a lot of people say, oh, like, I'd rather, you know, I don't want to be ignored. Well, if it's between getting hit and pushed, I'd rather you just ignore me. Right, right. We can live, you know, fine. I tell the kids at school, if you don't want to be friends, fine, just ignore each other. Not in a cruel way, not where, you know, please pass the paper and then the kid ignores you. Like you can you can live cohesively and just stay on stay in your own lane and do your own thing. So I think for me that's the part where I kind of can't really forgive because I know what I was like at that age and I was not mean or cruel to anybody. There was nothing I did that I I wasn't the one that quote unquote started it. I didn't say anything to another kid. I didn't steal anybody's boyfriend. I didn't do anything that got that I would, I would, you know, in a way kind of deserve for kids to gang up on me. I could see if I was annoying, if I was poking kids with pencils or interrupting classes or starting fights. That wasn't me. So for me to not do anything but exist and for you to seek me out to hurt me, I don't really think I can forgive you for that. Did you ever confront this person in school or did the paraprofessional help you confront the situation at all in school no. as far as one-on-one? No. no, and neither did the – 
the assistant principals, neither did the principals. They just really wanted to. I think my when my when the article came out, my mom said, you know, because I remember them saying they would rather deal with me as a parent than the other kids' parents, and that's why they never pulled the other kids in. I'm like, okay, but that's not like fair because they kind of were like, well, what are you doing to get the? I'm, like, I'm not doing anything. I'm literally standing outside by myself. I'm going to my locker. I'm whatever. So, so it was more of a situation of you having to prove the, like the burden there is like yeah. you were the one being bullied, and not the other way. Yeah. And for a kid that's bullied, that's that that now you know that the, the teachers factor. don't care. You know, they're and these kids were very obviously being mean. Teachers saw it. And I wouldn't say every teacher saw it because again, they were sneaky at times. A lot of the stuff happened in the hallways and passing, you know, on the playground. I wasn't really in classes with these students mm-hmm. um, that I remember. So it wasn't as if it happened in front of a lot of teachers. It would happen in these kind of secret places. But then there were also times where it would happen in front of uh, people. Like, and I know that, like, and now as a teacher, I know the administration in my building knows which kids are causing a few more problems than some other kids. So they can't kind of can't say, you know, oh, I didn't know that such and such kid was bothering you. Right. You did. So, yeah, I remember, you know, they just said, well, ignore it. I'm like, well, I, I'm trying to ignore it, but they're seeking me out. Right. You couldn't get away So it wasn't it. the type of thing where if I just ignored them, they'd go away. They didn't. They didn't. So that was hard. I think, I mean, yeah. speaking for myself and I know others, like I think it's a common thing to kind of almost fantasize about you getting that call, right? Like someone's – a situation's yeah. happened in your life or you've had a horrible experience where someone has treated you unfairly or and you, you wonder what would happen if you yeah. got that call, you know, and you map that out and you sketch it out. You have a script for it. And like did you – was this a moment for you or do you feel like you – you had that moment with this phone call where you – did you ever have expected this to come in your life, I guess? I didn't. And I mean, I did have a lot of people call me or people I would – I did have other people call me because they had found out that I was sick just to find out how I was doing and they weren't necessarily friends of mine in middle school or high school. But the fact that like they heard from a friend and they called to find out showed me at least like, oh, they remembered me and maybe we were chummier than I thought, whatever kind of thing. But I didn't expect someone that was m- – that mean to me to to call me. I think also that's probably why in that moment I didn't know what to say and I said, um, like that's that's nice. Okay. Thanks. Cause it part of me was like, don't convey to her that this is okay. You but didn't also want to don't be rude because then you're just as bad as she was. Like I would I want to go to bed at night knowing I have a clear conscience. So I didn't want to say anything. I remember this. I didn't want to say anything to her that was mean back because then I'm just as bad as she was. So well, that's I, why when I got off the phone, yeah, <laughs> I exploded because I just didn't want I didn't want to give her the satisfaction because deep down I didn't really want her, I think, to know that it's that it did still hurt. Like it's hard to admit. It still it still gets me. Well I think that's where a lot yeah. of like some of our readers were having this point of um processing with your with your piece where they were coming at it with their perspective of, of like, but forgiving is for you, right? Like you will feel better if you forgive someone. See, and I that's where a lot think of the readers. That's if, I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like, like in forgiveness that situation. Forgiveness sets you free or whatever that yeah. cliche saying is, right? But for me in that moment, she wanted the forgiveness. Not because she was actually sorry for what she did, but because she almost wanted to forgive herself. So then go ahead, forgive yourself. If forgiveness sets you free, forgive yourself. What made you feel that, that was the the intent? Just the way that she had worded what, you know, like it was it was like part of a list of things for her to do 
to maybe make amends make amends um and that's I, I there was something about it that i just didn't i felt it was more for her than it was for me um and that's fine do your thing forgive yourself move on i, I don't ever need to see you again um but for me i kind of felt like if i said it was okay then deep down she's still going to think that she really didn't do anything wrong. Okay. You know, that maybe, maybe deep down in her mind, always kind of, like I've lived with this for 20 years. Maybe you need to feel a little bit bad about yourself for a little bit and realize what you did. So maybe, maybe it was that. I, I'm like, I tried to think like, oh, was I, was I being vengeful? Like, no, I really just, but I also didn't want to give her the satisfaction of thinking that all that, Two plus years of being mean is going to be solved with a, an apology and a phone call. Maybe if she had said, can we meet? Maybe if she had expressed, you know, more than just kind of wanting to hear that it was okay and that to hear me say, like, it's okay and hang. Because it was, it, was, it was a very brief conversation. So maybe if I had felt her sincerity more, I would have reacted differently. But I just felt like it, it wasn't. I think it was sincere in her own head, but it wasn't, I don't know. I think in her mind, she thought she was doing a great thing, but I also felt like it was more for herself than it was to actually make amends for what she had done. So the way forward would have been a, a second outreach. Like, can we meet for coffee? Yeah. Can we, it would have been something yeah. more with a follow through. Maybe. I mean, and I think maybe the other part of it is with my students today, I kind of, you know, it, if I am teaching them to not be mean to other kids, they, they kind of have to understand that there are consequences. So also I share the story to be like, yeah, and I didn't forgive her. So you might do this to somebody someday and they might never forgive you. Do you ever want to feel like that? And maybe that kind of sticks with them. Okay. It yeah. works as that teachable moment too. What's their reaction to that? They actually have a pretty big conversation. It's like, oh, I don't know. You should have forgiven. And they kind of go back and forth. Some kids saying, no, I, I shouldn't have. And some kids say, I should have. And I let them, I let them just debate it back and forth. And I go, well, exactly. Do you ever want to be in this position where you have to debate this in real life with you and another person? You don't. So watch what you say. And then they go, okay. You know, and then the next day <laughs> someone says something mean to somebody else. And I have to kind of, hey, don't forget. We don't talk like that in this classroom. You know, don't forget. You don't want to make that. And I just go, you don't want to make that phone call. And they're like, oh, yeah, man, the phone call. We don't want to make that phone. <laughs> I'm like, you don't want to make that phone call. Well, and it's um, interesting. So I'm really interested in like experiences, right? And clearly this was yeah. a this was a important experience for you. And it really mm -hmm. kind of sounds like it shaped who you are today yeah. in your life. I mean, I you became so. a teacher because you had such a positive experience with this paraprofessional and wanted to pay it forward almost, yeah. right? Um, how do you how do you process that information, right? Where it's like this was such a negative aspect of your life and you used it for good, which is amazing and wonderful. Um, but how do you internally like think about that, you know? I I think I just decided in that moment that if I ever and I, I think very early I knew I wanted to be a teacher. So when I had that positive role model, um, I said, I'm never gonna let this happen to another kid on my watch. And so you know, that that did absolutely shape me as a person. Um, I think just also going from being the person that gets bullied to then getting a few friends. Um, and then I kind of, I came into my own as a person, you know, I, I, I wasn't, I was very quiet. I never said anything back to them. And all of a sudden, not so much middle school, but more high school is when I actually 
did confront some bullies, not the one that called me, but other ones. Um, and I also had a bigger group of, of kids that kind of helped to support me. So I really got to see, you know, the, uh, the kind of effect an ally can be. You know, so whether or not I w- whether I was going to be a teacher or whether or not in my life I was just going to be an ally for other people. So between the bullying and the cancer survival, it definitely shaped me as a person. I always knew I wanted to be a teacher, but now I, I'm a teacher with I think a much stronger purpose than just teaching reading or English. Yeah. It's a much deeper level of I'm teaching you how to be a good person, and I don't think I really I don't think any teacher really realizes that that's what you're teaching. Most of the time until you get into it. Um, But my particular life situation has made it very, very clear that this is the right path for me. This is what I need to do, you know, with my life is make a difference with kids. And so if I can save another kid from feeling the way that I felt, if I can, you know, be that voice of reason for a kid that's being bullied, if I can give another kid a little um, inspiration to maybe say something back to their bully so their bully will back off because I eventually did learn to do that. Um, then that's, you know, I'm going to do all that because I went through all of that. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week. Insight is brought to you by the Hartford Current Opinion and Community Engagement Team. Head over to current.com backslash opinion for editorials, op-eds, insight pieces, letters to the editor, and caption contests. We'll see you soon.